bam, and I approve this message. Now, as we get past five, which is the warnings against adultery, we jump right into the warnings against folly. The warnings against folly, my son, my son, he says, if you have put up security for your neighbor, if you have shaken hands and pledged for a stranger, you have been trapped by what you said and snarred by the words of your mouth, of your own mouth. So do this, my son. If you want to be free, to free yourself. If you want to be free, to free yourself. Since you have fallen into your neighbor's hands, go to the point of exhaustion. Don't do a little bit. Just go to the point. Just max it out and give your, give, give your neighbor no rest. Allow no sleep to your eyes, no slumber to your eyelids. Free, as we're at number five, free yourself like a gazelle. Run. Just max out the human potential in this conversation. Free yourself like a gazelle. And, I mean, really, from the hand of the hunter, like a bird from the snar of the fowler. Just go. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. Seven, number of completion. It has no commander, no overseer, no ruler. It has no commander, no overseer, no ruler. Yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. It stores its provisions in summer, in summer. In summer, what he's saying is, I'm warning you of all folly. I'm warning you of the season's coming. I'm telling you, there's no boss here, no ruler, nobody to monitor what you do with your time and who you do it with. But what will hold you up is to not max out your life as the animals that put on this earth during this season to go and do what you need to do in the season that you need to do it. It stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? How long will you procrastinate? How long will you not take action? How long will you not act on what I put on your heart? How long? What, what, I'm telling you, this is going somewhere. Somebody better get this. What he's saying is, he's not just talking about playing. He's not just talking about just wasting time in the street. He's not talking about at the club. He's talking about get out of your own mind. That's talking about 70% of y'all on this damn call. Stop thinking. He's saying, take action. It is the season for action. It is a now season. It's like, he said, stop acting like the sluggard, like the ant. Stop. This is folly. Is anybody getting this conversation? Is anybody with me on this? Stop. Stop leaning on thy own understanding. I've given you everything that you need. I've presented you with everything that you need to understand. I've given you every tool to go out there for the harvest, to gather. I've given you everything you needed for the season to go out there and have provisions for the summer. I'm giving you everything to be able to get off of your tail and go to work, to employ yourself, to employ and get paid on yourself. You don't need nobody else to write your check. You don't need nobody else to tell you what you're worth. You don't need no other validation. You don't need no man to tell you that you're worthy of who you are. You don't need no woman to validate you that you're a real man. I've given you everything that you need. 
I, I hope somebody is truly, because that was truly not me. That was truly all God. That was all the Holy Ghost. I'm just saying here. Um, as I move forward, I'm going to stick in number nine and repeat it for you so you guys are very clear in this season. Um, number nine says, how long will you lie there? You sluggard. Today is the eighth. Just because it's eight, I, and today is the eighth, and I know over in overseas it's the ninth, but it's the eighth here in North America. I'm going to read number eight again for you. Yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. But you have nothing to eat if you didn't do anything in the right season. You have nothing to store if you didn't do anything in the right season. Yeah, you got everything you need, right? You got your clothes. You look good. You look cute. You got your car. You got your house. What you got is a lot of bills. You don't have nothing stored up. Don't let a hiccup happen and it sets you back because we aren't in a space that we can say we're ahead. So when we understand that, when we understand that, right? I'm sorry. I should have turned it off, you guys. I am so sorry. When you're looking at number 11 and the poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity, like an armed man, and I'm recording. So I'll hit you right back. In that, which you're looking at, chapter, verse 3, 13, who winks? Look, I'm going to go from nine. I'm going to work backwards. Stick with me on that. Are you guys doing that? In fact, I'm going to go all the way up to where we have 15 and work backward. Therefore, disaster will overtake him in an instant. He will suddenly be destroyed without remedy. Stick with me on this. I'm going somewhere. If you're at 15, therefore, disaster will overtake him in an instant. He will suddenly be destroyed without remedy. Who plots evil with a deceit in his heart? He always stirs up conflict. Always. Not sometimes, but always. Always, like always. I normally always put that on airplane mode. I apologize. Who winks maliciously with his eye, signals with his feet, and motions with his fingers? You guys, you guys remember... When you were a kid and you used to pass notes on the table, that's, that's all I'm saying. Like nobody could see you. Like, like, I mean, you might as well wear like this red shirt in the middle of the street and be like, I'm trying to be discreet. I hope nobody sees me in this bright red shirt. I'm going to go rob the store in a bright yellow lined shirt. They aren't going to notice. They're going to think I'm just a, a yield sign. <laughs> Who winks maliciously with his eyes, signals with his feet, motions with his fingers? A troublemaker and a villain who goes about with a corrupt mouth, a corrupt mouth, a corrupt mouth. And poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. How long will you lie there, you sluggard, when you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. And poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity 
like an armed man. You will have nothing left because you're a sluggard. You will have nothing left. You will understand poverty at the highest level because poverty was, it's not a man who's gonna come and rob you. It's not a woman who's gonna come and rob you. You're gonna actually invoke a robbery upon yourself and steal all the blessings that wait for you, that still wait for you, that are in a wait for you, you are gonna allow poverty to just move into your house because you choose to be a sluggard and live inside your mind and not get up and do something and take action. And scarcity is gonna be the armed man. That's gonna be two nines in a hand, back of your head, plot, plot. Just, it's just gonna, you're just gonna live, it's gonna be there and it's gonna be a plague. It's gonna reach everybody you know. And people are gonna see you before you even call them. Oh, here comes that, and they're gonna ask me for something because they were too lazy to get off their own behind and do what they could do, what they were able to do, what they were capable of doing. God gave them the blessing to do. Why should I do anything for this person? Because every time they call me, they're asking for something. It's a stamp on that person's head that is not doing what they need to do called scarcity. They become a troublemaker and a villain who goes about with a corrupt mouth, cursing everybody else. Those are what you call, in the 21st century, the haterade crew. Hating on everybody else because they got too much time to talk about somebody else because they didn't do what they need to do because they were what? A sluggard. But they wink and they cute. They got signals and you know motion with their feet. And they got all kinds of body language and plots with devil and deceit in their heart. It, it's it, it's like not even intentional. It becomes unintentional. It becomes so unconscious that every thought is just that of how can I actually find what is it? What what is it? What's the deceit? What is the plot of evil? Looking for shortcuts. Looking for shortcuts. Always stirring up conflict. Know anybody like that? Every time you talk to them, there's a conflict. Every time you talk to them, it doesn't matter. It's like, it's almost like you're like lying in wait for the conflict. Some couple of people come to mind like that. It's just like, you, you, it's almost like, it's like having a bad child. It's like, they're really good. You like discipline them and, you, and they're like acting good for like about two or three hours, but you just are waiting for them to act up. You know they're gonna mess up, that you know something, something with this child is going to implode. I have relationships with people like that. It's like, I know that if I, it's like going one day and it's like, ooh, that was a, that was a good day. They almost try, they, they almost fool you. You go two days, and, but you know by the third day, there's gonna be a snar. There's gonna be an eruption. There's gonna be a conflict. There's gonna be some kind of confusion. There's gonna be some kind of, there's gonna be something that was, some people just, walk around creating mess. Therefore, disaster will overtake him in an instant and he will suddenly be destroyed without remedy. Meaning there is no remedy. There is no cure for this, this person. There is no cure for this, this self-imposed, this self-imposed, this self-sabotage. I mean, that's what it really comes down to is that word right there. And I'm guilty of that. Now, I'm not guilty of all the rest of this stuff, and I'm definitely not going to die behind it. But I will tell you that sluggard mentality, whatever holds you up, whether it's procrastination, however you look at it, however you want to see it, how many can also know that you have set yourself up for self-sabotage? 
for whatever it is that happened in your life, you get to that one point is like, it's almost like sometimes you don't even feel like you're worthy. Like there's just as many people that are scared of failure are actually scared of success. And then in, the, in your world, you have people that want to have intelligent, stupid conversations about it. I don't want to have no conversation about it. I, I mean, I get it. My brother-in-law is like, and my sister is like, he comes home and it's like, my sister has a challenge. It's like, you got three beautiful daughters and a wife and we got all this going on here and you don't want to talk. He's like, I spend my whole time talking. Why do I want to come home to talk? I want refuge. I get up every day to talk. I had this conversation with Shancy. I was like, I don't want to talk. I don't answer phone calls, text messages. I don't want to talk. I am either listening all day or talking all day. Sometimes you just want to be still. You just want to hear nothing. Just want to hear nothing. I don't know if anybody can relate to this conversation. I just, why don't you answer the phone? Why don't you text? I needed three days of peace. I don't want to be obligated to nothing but my peace. I want my peace of mind. Three days could get you three weeks, but because you forced in a conversation, you may not talk to me for three years. When you jump down to 15, therefore disaster will overtake him in an instant. That, see, I, I get that. I also get he will suddenly be destroyed. What really gets me in this conversation about warnings against folly is that there is no cure. There's no cure. There's no remedy. And here's what's really powerful that if you're taking notes in a space to come back and listen to this that you should take note on, and it's really something that stuck with me the first time I read Proverbs 6. And it's ironic that it's in verse 16. And it's ironic the words that are used specifically in this verse. There are six things the Lord hates. Do you understand you will never see that anywhere else in the Bible. You will not see that anywhere. In, I don't care what theologian, what understanding. You will not see the Lord hates. Specifically put into a numerical order of six of the devil. Of Lucifer himself. And identify the six things that the Lord hates. But notice, he doesn't leave it with the devil and Lucifer with six things that he hates. He finishes the sentence with the seven that are detestable to him. I don't know if anybody here with me in this Bible today. I hope y'all are with me in understanding this conversation because I'm not joking. I'm not laughing. Dwayne, if you listen, there's no jest in this. I need y'all to really pay attention to this right here. There are six things that the Lord hates and seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, wandering eyes, eyes that don't know how to focus, eyes that are looking at that which is not theirs, eyes that are in, a, in the wrong direction.
in jail, they would say, why did you just rape me with your eyeballs? Why are you eyeballing me, boy? You go to jail for that in a whole different way. A lying tongue. A lying tongue. I'm doing this more so for me than I am for you, just to make sure that it sinks in so that it absorbs in a way that I need it absorbed in because it allows us to be able to get into a space of bouncing back and creating new habits that bring us from a rubber band of straying off the road where so many times we believe there's a gray area with God, but I need you to understand there is no gray area with God. There's only a gray area with yourself and what you've created in your own head. See, too many people say, well, that's a gray area. Let me tell you something. There is no gray area. That's your way of justifying your stray. Just like there is no confusion. The confusion is that of the devil. So don't sit up there and say, you ever seen on somebody's relationship on their Facebook and it says a relationship status, complicated. There is nothing complicated but you. Run, run, run for us, run. I'm telling you, I'm just being transparent. I mean, there's some people you need to run from. There's many seasons I would run from me. I ain't got no problem saying it. Like, shh, I look in the mirror. I want to run from me. How many of you ever looked in the mirror and went to run from yourself? Please. Hands that shed innocent blood. Hands that shed innocent blood. That is so deep in what I know. I don't even want to touch it. I mean, that's, that goes back to the to chapter, you know, five, adultery. You don't have to worry about me in that field. I'm running. Now, don't get me wrong. There's some people I should have shed their blood, but it wasn't innocent. I'm just saying. 18, a heart that devises wicked schemes. I mean, if, 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 if you can make the time to devise a wicked scheme, why can't you take the time to devise a godly scheme? Why even take the time to do something you know is already wicked and wrong? But notice, it didn't say of the mind. I understand the mind, how it goes down the wrong path and can create wicked schemes. This doesn't talk about the mind, that's intentional. What we need to be wary of and cautious of is people who have the heart that devise wicked schemes. Because it specifically says in 18, a heart that devises wicked schemes. That is so deep, if anybody's really paying attention to this conversation, because it's like you can almost, have you ever looked into someone's eyes and you can see darkness? I don't know if, if anyone really understands. I mean, you have to live a minute. You have to be, you have, you have to, you have, have to been around. You, you have had to been, you have had to be exposed to some things to truly understand the power of the conversation, to look into someone's eyes and all you see is darkness. I mean, it's just dark. It's one of those kind of conversations where you don't even want to have a conversation because there is no conversation. There's, there's nothing good that's going to come of this person. And you're thinking that you are Captain Saver and you got your cape on and you won't save people and I was sent here and you're gonna try and, no, 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 no. That heart that devises wicked schemes, 
the feet that are quick to rush into evil. They're, they're quick to go look for evil. A false witness who pours out lies, who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. Now, let me just get this right. The wandering eyes, the lying tongue, the hands that shed blood, the heart that devises wicked schemes, the feet that want to rush into evil every time and want to just jump into some mess, a false witness who pours out lies, and number seven of that which we go back to, the six which I hate, but the seven that are detestable, the, the person who stirs up conflict in the community. Has anybody been in a community and there's a person or persons and they take pride in stirring up conflict? They take pride in just creating, it, and, and it, could, it could have come out of envy, it could have come out of you know, an evil heart, it could have come out of pain, it could have come out of vengeance, it could have come out of, you know, Ego, there's so many places that it can be birthed. See, that's the problem with evil. I want you guys to get this. The problem with evil is there's too many hosts. There's too many places that can give birth to this evil. It's almost like a space that genocide needs to take place because the devil is giving birth and giving so many places and so many options for these things that our father detest. I could spend a day on people who stir up conflict in the community. Unfortunately, some of us have a job. Oh, not me. <laughs> I forgot my coffee was here. Hold on one second. <laughs> This is my job today to maximize this day because we're going into the second quarter. What do you mean? 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 Well, it's Proverbs and today is the eighth and the first quarter, if you learn how to do this, sidebar, sidebar, before I get into this last piece here, because I want you guys to get this, how powerful this is. So you do know that in chapter five, it was warning against adultery. Did everybody get that? Everybody got that? Nod your head, those who me, right? And you do know I jumped to chapter six and it says warnings against folly. Is everybody with me on that? Yes, yes, yes. We got that? And you do know that I read one through 20 or one through 19, a false witness in the seven detestables and the six that he hates. Did everybody get that? Yes, yes, yes. Do you notice that we stay in, we have moved from five to six and when you get to verse 20, he was so upset that he went back to the warnings against adultery. Is anybody with me on this this morning? That's deep. That is really deep. That's really, 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 like really deep. So I'm sharing with you, it's just back to what I was sharing before I finished this piece here in the warning against adultery, which he obviously needs somebody to hear and he got nothing to do with me, but I do know a few people that I am healing in this conversation. So I just really need you guys to stay present to that conversation. 
I'm going to complete it, but I want you to also focus your mind on the fact that we've just finished seven days of the month of October. And so when you reprogram your mind, like the first of October is the first of the year, and you start to break down your, your seasons so that your first of the year looks like October 1st, then when you hit January 1st, you will be in full throttle and momentum with a harvest on its way where everybody else is just starting their life. But when you start to take this down as a coach, now I'm giving you free advice, which is not free. I'm giving you uh, uh, something that has a price tag on it as a blessing to you. If I sat down with you, we would work a 90-day plan, which is where we are. We would work backwards because it would be a GPS to find out you planned with the end. Those taking notes, and when you go back to this, you planned with the end in mind. So you need to know where your destination is because when you come to a mentor or coach like me that works on a frequency, you can't say, I'm excited, let's go. And then I say, well, where are we going? And you say, I have no destination. I need to know where I'm taking you because I'm a GPS. It is not my job to figure out where you want to go. It is not my job to figure out what your why is. It is not my job to figure out what your purpose is. That's something on a whole nother price tag. I can help you do that, but that's going to have a comma in it. My job is to help you get to your destination, your anointing, your purpose, and do it with effectiveness and efficiency. My job is not to do it for you, but to do it with you and walk with you and help you. Actually, uh, what we're doing is collapsing the time frames. So when you're setting up your life and you have your vision board, hence knowing what's in your vision, the sight that was placed on your heart, the sight that was put in your third mind, in your eye, so that you understand where you're going and building in faith in a place that nobody else can see and not for anybody else to even validate. Then in that season of 90 days, being very specific to the day, by the way, then in turn, you can work backwards and create a path and understand and avoid and know the streets and the roads and the freeways and the best way and where the, free, where the, where the gas stations are, where you need to replenish, what you got to do, what you, you got to know how to measure. Everything's done in measurements. It has to be done in real rapid time, meaning you have to know the measurement. Everything, you build a building, there's measurements. You give somebody medicine, there's measurements. You want to be able to get in shape, there's measurements. You want to get a suit put on you, there's measurements. What people are messing up in life is they are not measuring it. They have this place and then they get in the car and they drive halfway there and they're out of gas and like, how come I'm stuck here? Because you didn't do the measurements. You did not you were not responsible. You, you did not utilize the ability to respond in time of need. Now you're wondering why you're stuck in the middle of the winter with no jacket in a relationship. I'm mentoring three people right now in a relationship. I'm saying, look, you didn't need that man to tell you he was, gone, he was leaving you. He had left a long time ago. You saw the signs, what, you need him to verbalize it? Now your heart is broken. No, you're at fault. You weren't listening. Once I can take responsibility of that, now it will never happen again. You lose everything in your bank account, now it will never happen again. If you're paying attention to this chapter and we're talking about wisdom. The heartbreak of finances, the heartbreak of relationships, the heartbreak of a child, the heartbreak of a job and your vocation and where it is and the dead end, the heartbreak of everything that you have. What? How is it that I, how can I avoid this? Die. 
I'm not playing, right? Remember, y'all remember the conversation yesterday? People ask me, well, how do I avoid this? How, how do I stop people from talking about me? The only people that aren't talked about are in a graveyard. You're supposed to have as many mistakes as possible to gain as much wisdom so that it does not happen again. I don't know who I'm talking to here. I'm just sharing with you what God told me to intercede right here between folly and adultery. And understanding the season of seven days. We just finished seven days. That means we're going into the second season. So I'm talking about going from 90 days. We already took it from a year. We're going down to 90 days. We take it from 90 days. You take it down to 30 days. What happens in that 30 days? The first seven days was the first quarter of your life. What happened in the, in the were you the sluggard in these last seven days? How much more, what, what happened in your bank account? What production happened in your life? What did you measure? What you did in the last seven days. Don't tell me I'm still in it. I'm still here. Well, you know, it was a good week. Well, you know, I had everything was going okay. No, you did not inspect. Write this down. You did not inspect what you expect. You didn't measure exactly what happened in the last seven days. Don't sit up there and ask yourself why you still broke at the end of the year when you don't measure, when you ain't looking at your bank account on a daily basis. We're about to go there to the daily we just right now at the seven days. I don't even have time for this lesson. This wasn't even part of the plan. Guys, have me tell you this. You don't sit up there and spend money every day and then look up a week later. God forbid you look up a month later and then figure out why you don't have any money and you never balance your own bank account. Why do you do your life like that? Why do you go seven days and you say, oh, well, it's just another good week? No, no, you didn't even look at the storehouse. You didn't even look at your production. You didn't even look at what you were actually doing. What were your goals? What were your dreams? What was ink on a daily basis? What did you cross off? Don't sit up there and look up a month later and you haven't been to the grocery store and figure out why the cupboard is dry. Why you do that in your life? Hey, hey, that wasn't even me. I'm just telling you, you better talk to God. I blame God for this conversation. Let me get this done right here. Number 20, Vain day. Mi hijo, my son, keep your father's command and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Keep your father's command and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Bind them always on your heart. Have you noticed we're in chapter six, and at least three of the chapters, at least three, I'm going to go back and read again after I get off with you guys. He consistently says, bind them always on your heart and fasten them around your neck. Has anybody got that he keeps repeating this? I don't think there's a day that I've, I've gone without seeing that in each chapter almost. It must mean something. When you walk, they will guide you. They, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. When you wake, they will speak to you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. When you wake, they will speak to you. When you walk, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. For this command is a lamp. This teaching is a light. 
and correction and instruction are the way to life. If you want to eat off the vine, if you truly want to eat off the vine, if you truly want to have life, if you want to have a long life, if you truly want to be a blessing, you see, that's the whole key. The key is not you looking for a blessing. The key is you being a blessing to someone else. The key is not you looking for a miracle. The key is you being a miracle to somebody else. Keeping you from your neighbor's wife, this lamp, by the way, keeping you from your neighbor's wife, this lamp, this teaching is a light, for this command is a lamp. I'm giving you light and giving you complete so your sight, so you know, I don't want you to say, I didn't know. I don't want you to say, I couldn't see it. I don't want you to say, I stumbled in the dark. I don't want you to say, I slipped on the banana peel. I don't want you to say, I had a weak moment. I don't want you to say, I didn't know what I was doing. I don't want you to say, well, you know, I just, I thought it was going to be something more than it was. I'm telling you, I'm giving you a lamp for what is commanded. I'm giving you a light for this teaching and correction and instructions are the way of life. I'm giving you the GPS. I'm giving you the map. I'm putting it on a digital board. I'm putting it in front of you. I'm giving you the correction. Before I get to 24, before I get to 24, I'm giving you everything that you need to understand, keeping you from your neighbor's wife, from the smooth talk of a wayward woman, a sideways woman, a side piece. I'm giving you instruction. Between five says, do not lust in your heart after her beauty or let her captivate you with her eyes. 26 says, for a prostitute can be had for a loaf of bread. That just, that just, that's just terrible. I can't even say nothing. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't even have any dialogue or narrative for you for that. It's just, wow. Another man's wife preys on your very life. If a wife is married to a man already, and then comes to you, what this 26 is saying is your life is in danger. You should truly pay attention to the instructions and the commandments in which I give you. For 27 says, can a man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burned? Can a man scoop fire into his lap? Can he pour fire? Can he get liquid fire? Can he get a spoon and get fire that's on fire, that's liquid? Can he get a skillet that has oil in it that is on fire? Can he scoop up the fire and put it in his lap? Can he put just fire in his lap, scoop up fire and put it in his lap, symbolic of a wayward woman, a sideways woman, a side piece. Can you put fire in your lap without the clothes being burned? I mean, I'm just saying, Jesus, if you're asking me, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, I, I don't. 
make it a habit, nor do I ever want to look at it. I don't even want to think about it. I've never done it. I just know. I know I'm not trying to put a scoop of fire in my lap. Um, and that almost sounds like that could be a whole lot of things when a man gets burned. They will see you at the doctors for life for some things you can never get rid of. I'm just saying. 28. Can a man walk on hot coals without his feet being scorched? No, I, I don't think you can just walk on coals. I mean, you, you know, I've seen, I've seen people actually do it. I mean, Tony Robbins teaches walking on his coals. I still think that that's definitely not for black people, but that's just my subjective opinion. I'm just saying, there are certain things you just don't do, like ice fishing and go swimming in the middle of the Antarctic. Just not, I don't know, I've never understood that. No, I don't think so. 29, so is he who sleeps with another man's wife? No one who touches her will go unpunished. Now that's probably the verse we should all pay attention to. Is 29. No more metaphors, no more questions. So he who sleeps with another man's wife, not a few, not some, not kinda, not the wrong ones, not the ones who did it in a certain way. He specifically says, no one who touches her will go unpunished. Boy, if you actually stay in this book, it will so put you on the straight and narrow because it will remind you on a day-by-day -day basis where you should be versus a week-by-week, -week, and then you're trying to figure out why you're in the wrong city, why you're in the wrong place in life, sis. 30, people do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy his hunger when he is starving. People do not despise a thief. I wouldn't. If he steals, I still don't agree with stealing, but I wouldn't despise them. If he satisfies his hunger when he is starving. 31 says, yet if he is caught, there you go. See, there it is right there. Like I said, I wouldn't despise him, but he still broke the law. He still did something wrong. I was thinking about my son. It's like, I don't know if I ever want him to think that it's okay that because he's hungry, he could go steal. But if he understands the penance that come behind this, I want him to understand 31. I want us all to understand 31. If we still because and see you got to also understand that we are just i applied i applied this to my son but 30 is not just applicable to some food here you do you do know that this is metaphorical you do know if you steal if you steal to satisfy your hunger your insatiable appetite for flesh your insatiable appetite for alcohol your insatiable appetite if you actually are going to steal something that is not yours another man's wife another wife's man if you're going to steal something which is not yours it is by law, not yours. By God's universal law, not yours. If you are going to steal to satisfy your own hunger, your own flesh, your own body, in whatever reason that may come about, just know you will be caught because it says above, it does say no man will go unpunished. Did anybody read that? Because that is in this. So he says, that, now it's really ironic that the man would say, yet if he is caught knowing that he is already gonna be punished because everything is seen in the eyes of God. He must pay sevenfold. 
sevenfold, though it cost him all his wealth of his house. It cost him everything that he spent his whole life. It, it, it actually explains in 32, but a man who commits adultery has no sense. No common sense is what they're really saying. Because even back then, common sense wasn't common. Whoever does so destroys himself. Whoever does so destroys himself. You are destroying yourself. You are committed to destroying yourself. Yourself is destroyed in adultery. Blows and disgrace are his lot for life, and shame will never be wiped away. It's like ne 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 never, never, never be wiped away. Disgrace, shame will never be wiped away. For jealousy arouses a husband's fury. Jealousy arouses a husband's fury. I would imagine it also, I mean, it's just what? It's, I think it works both ways. And he will show no mercy when he takes revenge. I should have really talked about a scorned woman in this verse right here, but we'll just move past that for a second. He will not accept any compensation he will refuse a bribe, however great it is. There will be no mercy when revenge is taken off of the woman who cheated on her husband, off of a woman who took another woman's man. In any way you want to reverse or do this equation, it does not come out good. <laughs> I'm trying to see if you reverse, it's almost like a puzzle. You're moving the piece around to see how it's going. In no way does this come out good for anybody. Just, just stay away from it. It's just nothing that can come good out of this in any way, shape, or form. Well, I will be caught up tomorrow on 7, 8, and 9. Since tomorrow's the night, I will collapse it, and I will be on time. That conversation is not for you. It's for me. I will be on time. Now, there was a great suggestion someone gave me yesterday, so I'm going to stop the recording here because I approved this message.